Uh, hello everyone. Uh, welcome back after a long hiatus to Under Further Review with Burke and Jen. I'm Burke. I'm Jen. Um, and we, I think we have a, a little bit of a quick episode for you, our, our triumphant return. Don't call it a comeback. Um, We're just trying to ease our way back into a full size episode. Um, but it's been a wild uh, week in terms of... Um, uh, legal issues involving famous people. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, I guess we should jump right in to uh, the story that has broken through beyond celebrity media just to normal media, the college admission scandal involving, um, among other people, Aunt Becky and um, Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives. Uh, so... Long story short, and I know Genevieve has actually read the court documents, so she, I'm sure she can share more detailed information. Um, there is a company called, was it College Edge? Uh, I thought the company uh, that the, uh, William Singer ran was the key something or other, like the key wisdom factor or something like that. Sounded a little like Nexium to me. I was just thinking that as you were saying it. Um, but the purpose of this company was to help kids uh bolster their college admissions packets and uh, try and get into elite schools. In a m multiple number of ways, right? Right. Because they would um, help essentially people cheat on the SAT or the ACT. Mm -hmm. And then after that, the second step of the process, it looks like, then they would try to get uh, applicants in based on like college athletic recruitment yeah like they would take up um, non-scholarship spaces for like volleyball or tennis or sailing or crew and um and i think that's like once you're in i, I guess they're done with you right yeah. yeah and so some of them were like wild where they would take people's kids faces and um photoshop them over yeah. like water polo uh pictures of people playing water polo um aunt becky who's the actress um Lori laughlin um her husband is massimo giannulli of the mm -hmm. famed massimo fashion brand which they have a line at target so that's real money um those people <laughs> paid half a million dollars to pretend like their daughters were um crew recruits mm -hmm. at usc um, I don't understand why anybody would pay half a million dollars to cheat to get their children to USC, but maybe that's just my East Coast bias. Um, but uh, they, the the Laughlin Giannulli family, apparently had their kids like pose on rowing machines to make it look like they um, they were into crew. So at least it was actually them in the pictures. I guess makes it a little bit better. Not really. Um, but this was, I mean, the, the scam was super widespread. It was at places like Stanford, USC, University of Texas, Wake Forest, Yale, Georgetown. The um, Stanford sailing coach has been fired. I believe the U.S. Uh, coach at USC, I can't remember if it's the men's tennis coach maybe, has been relieved of his duties. Yeah, I know the UCLA uh, women's soccer coach uh, has been placed on leave. There's been no indication that anyone was actually accepted um, okay. to UCLA under this this key wisdom factor, whatever the company's called, program. But I know that they at least got an application because um, one of the parents who wanted their daughter to go to UCLA on a soccer scholarship was like, do I get my money back if my kid doesn't go to school there or doesn't get into school there? Oh. And they're like, yes, you do. Okay, interesting. Yes. So this William Singer individual... Also went by Rick, right? Yeah, William, quote unquote, Rick Singer. That doesn't make uh, any sense. No, I, it's not a, it's not a nickname. No. Um, he has been charged with. Let me read out the 
Um, allegations against him. So racketeering, conspiracy, money laundering, conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and obstruction of justice. He faces up to 65 years in prison for um, his crimes. The parents who are involved in this scandal are basically being accused of um, mail fraud right. and conspiracy to commit mail fraud. Um, they are all due in court probably at the end of this month in, in Massa- Boston. Yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, it was called, uh, the, um, the Sting operation was called Operation Varsity Blues. And, uh, James Vanderbeek, famous for being Dawson on Dawson's Creek, but also for starring in the movie Varsity Blues, had some helpful advice to the children who were, um, caught up in this scam that they could have just shared with their parents. His famous quote from the movie Varsity Blues, I don't want your life. (laughs) That's my Texas accent. I think that's where that movie was set, um. Clearly, uh, that didn't work. The story, what I find particularly galling about Aunt Becky and her dumb daughter, Olivia Jade, A, this kid was not smart enough to even fill out the goddamn application (laughs) to USC, which probably should have been a signal she shouldn't be going there. Um, But also... Uh, what were you no, say? no, go ahead. Um, this young woman who is apparently a very famous and uh, makes a lot of money as a YouTube influencer has consistently made public statements about how she hates school and doesn't yeah. want to go there. Like, why? This is a person who, I mean, she's grown up rich. She's probably going to be rich for the rest of her goddamn life because that's how this messed up country works. Why? Why did they force her to do this? Also, if they've got that much money, why didn't they just put their name on a friggin' building and get her in the legally shady (laughs) way, um, which is what most rich people do? Yeah, that's the thing I think that's most upsetting to me, which is I can understand if you want to basically give your kid as many opportunities to to accomplish things, which is, hey, maybe you're a bad test taker, so you get some extra help to take tests or whatever. But she clearly did not want to go to school. She's only there to party and to go to game day. Why, why make this happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Also turns out her father, Massimo, is a big Trump supporter and goes around, he got drunk at a party that was witnessed by Tom Arnold, who I recognize is not necessarily a reliable source, but other people have confirmed this, um, like shouting about how there are too many like takers in this world and people act all entitled and uh, ironic, maybe ironic is not the right word, but... uh, To be fair, he paid for it. I mean, $500,000 is more than tuition to USC. I suppose that's not like she's actually there on scholarship. I guess that's true. I mean, he's still a horrible person, but... Right. Also, like, maybe people wouldn't have to rely on, um, I don't know, systems of assistance if uh, people like him weren't cheating to get their already privileged children into schools like USC. So, um, (coughs) parents basically spent, on average, between $250,000 to $450,000 per student one uh one Damn, thing. Felicity Huffman was cheap. I know. Well, I think it so I as I said in the beginning, I think there's two prongs of it. One which no. is the SAT ACT test taking and then the other part is the packet right. because that seems to me to be where the money went basically through this fake charity. Well, yeah, actually this real no. charity slash fake charity to pay the bribes for the coaches. So it would cost like four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars just to pay off the coach at UCLA, for example, whereas 
it would only cost between twenty five and seventy five thousand dollars for that individual to take your SAT test for you. So Got I it. think that's where the discrepancy in the sums came from. But so, I did want to say oh, one family yes. spent six point five million dollars to get their kid into a school. Doesn't say which school. But up to $6.5 million. Again, buy a building. That's how Jared Kushner <laughs> got into Harvard and NYU. Um, and, I mean, he's doing terrible things to the world. So, um, so uh, circling back to Felicity Huffman, the story with her is she apparently only spent $15,000 on her older daughter um, having someone step in to take or to correct her SAT scores as she was taking it. Um, apparently... Her older daughter got like a 1020 the first time she took the SATs and then got a 1420 when the um, answers were corrected. I guess they didn't correct them sufficiently for her to get a uh, uh, 1600 because it would have looked fishy. I'm not sure. I'm also not sure if she, they have not talked about what school she went to or is going to. Um, so it's unclear if she's still like in the application process or um, they were just able to keep that information quiet. They apparently were going to do the same thing for their younger daughter, but then it turned out the school was kind of compelling them to um, uh, utilize the proctor that the school offered as opposed to um, getting this person from the key edge, whatever the hell it is, to come in. And uh, the story with Felicity Huffman's and William H. Macy is her husband, father of these children. Um, her older daughter was given a letter from a psychologist saying she needed more time to take the test, was able to take it, I believe, in private and had this proctor mm -hmm. who was coming along and fixing her answers, uh, which is wild. Similar story to a f sort of famous winemaker up in Napa whose kid ended up taking the SATs in West Hollywood oh. in order to procure these services of mm -hmm. the proctor who would change their answers. Yeah, so this uh, this fake charity had, I think, one SAT proctor, one ACT proctor. Uh, basically, they were paying bribes to, to sort of turn the other way. Mm -hmm. And as you said, they would also create like false files for these applicants, um, these test takers, mm -hmm. where the school psychologists or doctors or whoever would say that they have... Um, either like a learning disability or some issue where they did need more time or they had to take the test in private or and that's how they set up as someone to actually come in and take their test for them if they had to do it in private as well but you know it it's just it's just so galling on so many levels and what's sad i mean the uh olivia jade notwithstanding um a lot it seems like based on the court documents like a lot of these kids didn't know what was going on mm -hmm. and like their parents just didn't, it was one of two things. Either their parents just like didn't believe in them and couldn't accept that maybe my kid is just a 1020 on the SATs <laughs> and that's okay. My kid is just average. Um, or they like so badly wanted them to feel better about themselves that they put this whole like charade together. Um, and then their kids walked around thinking like, oh wow, I actually did so great on my SATs or I'm doing so wonderful in this or I got into mm -hmm. Stanford on my own merit when it was all a giant lie. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of unpacking that will need to go on for these families. Um, there have been people in the media who also commented on, what do you feel like if you're William H. Macy and Felicity Huffman's younger daughter? I'm like, <laughs> well, shit, they didn't go through this for me. Um, but it does sound like it wasn't for lack of trying. Um, one question that has come up, so both Lori Laughlin and her husband Massimo Giannulli were um, indicted as part of this uh, case. However, Felicity Huffman um, 
excuse me, William H. Macy was not indicted, even though there is some evidence that he was aware of what was going on. But apparently the, the only evidence they had could tie him to what the um, what was potentially going to happen with their second kid. And they never actually cheat, helped her cheat on the SATs. Mm -hmm. Whereas there was no evidence of his involvement with the scheme related to their first, their older daughter. Um, so that's the uh, supposition as to why he has not been charged. Yes, correct. My understanding, and this is just purely listening to other podcasts <laughs> talk about this issue, is that he might have been on some phone calls, but his name doesn't appear on any of like the paperwork transaction that went on. So they don't actually have, I'm, I'm assuming they, oh, they might have, but if they had him on the phone... I mean, wouldn't that be evidence enough that he knew about the... I guess, but I think if it only relates to the um, sort of uh, incomplete crime related to the younger of their two kids, mm. then there might not have been anything to charge him with. Fair enough. I don't know enough about the RICO statutes to uh, know if it's enough to um, like talk about conspiring to commit a crime as opposed to actually committing the crime, if you don't actually commit the crime. So just, um, I really love Rico, um, <laughs> and racketeering is one of my favorite things. I don't actually get to practice, like, either defending or prosecuting anyone who commits um, racketeering crimes because I'm a labor and employment attorney. But just in case, you know, we try to be an educational podcast as well, but I wanted to provide the audience with a quick definition of racketeering because I think we all have a general idea of what it means in our head, and we usually affiliate it with, like, mob or mafia mm -hmm. um, sort of gangland activities, but it's, like, an illegal or sometimes legal business um, to obtain money or property from another, usually by force or intimidation. So this can be a legal business used for illegal purposes or an illegal business set up. So um, part of the, the key, whatever the rest of its name is, um, was a charitable foundation and basically you made uh, charitable contributions or like, you know, Lori Laughlin and her husband Massimo Giannulli would make charitable contributions to the key, which would then turn around and then, you know, use that as bribery money um, for the crew coach at USC. Yeah. I just... Um, so just a quick plug for another pod that doesn't sponsor us, but um, Damage Control on... Oh, is it Damage Control? Yes, yeah. with Kate Nibbs and Justin Charity. On uh, the Ringer Podcast Network actually had a really um, good discussion about this scandal um, and essentially, you know, what it means in our society that people buy their way through... Buy, their, buy things like this, you know, and d does that mean that... Um, our society is really one where you can get a leg up or it doesn't really matter what sort of circumstances you're born in because you can always, as Republicans like to say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No, because the playing field is not level for anybody. So I don't know why that's an illusion that we continue to labor under as a country. But, no, um, there is no such thing as a meritocracy. Get over it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've seen a lot of um, interesting discussions on social media around like the idea that uh, some of you may recall um, the semi-infamous Becky with the bad grades case of a few years ago where, um, crap, I don't know, her first name was Abigail and she was a ginger. 
uh, <laughs> sued the University of Texas um, and basically alleged that students of color uh -huh. stole her place at the mm -hmm. University of Texas. Um, and the uh, folks have been making the point that it's actually like rich white people who were stealing her place to yeah. the extent she had a place to be stolen. Mm -hmm. um, which, interestingly, there are a number of people who are now filing lawsuits against um, these universities it's unclear if like the admissions department of the universities actually knew what was going on or if it was just a scam sorry for the motorcycle noise you may be hearing um if it was just a scam being run through the athletic departments um but there are students who from stanford i believe who are now suing stanford for the devaluation of their um their d degrees based on these um uh disclosures and there's also a woman who is suing Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin for 500 billion dollars because that. her child didn't get into USC USC I guess it has to be USC right because well but no one knows where Felicity Huffman's kids is going to go I feel like Stanford was involved in a lot of these mm -hmm. things but 500 billion dollars you out of your fucking mind that's <laughs> well I, you know I mean I just don't understand why I get that, and I mean, I know a lot of them will probably be dismissed or settled or something. I mean, obviously, if I were representing like, <coughs> UCLA, for example, no, we had no idea that our rogue yeah. women's soccer coach was doing this, right? right? Um, but you just take a look around campus. As you said earlier, the reason why Gerald, Jared Kushner got in anywhere is because his parents paid a boatload of money to have their names on buildings. Like, you're... you're your diploma was devalued then, and it's been yeah. devalued for hundreds of years because this is how rich white people get into universities. It's called the legacy program. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. How do you think the Trumps got into Penn? Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't, wasn't there, I thought there was someone who put out on Twitter, maybe, like, Donald Trump specifically saying that he made these large donations to Wharton oh. that coincided with when his kids went to school there. That wouldn't be surprising. No, it's, this is the way the world works. And, you know, even when you texted me about this breaking news, I was like, this is crazy, but it's not at all surprising. No. I mean, it's... The thing I think that was surprising to me is, like, there are completely legal ways to scam the system. Why they felt like they had to break the law in order to do it is... That seemed weird to me. But I guess some people were saying, like, it's folks who maybe don't have, like, the billionaire money to put your name on a building although if you've got half a million dollars i mean how yeah. hard could it be um but who are still looking for that leg up for their kids fun story to bring this back to sports both joe montana and phil mickelson um oh. have disclosed that they used the key edge program we probably should to, look up the yeah, actual name um they used rick singer's program when their children were applying to college uh, but only for sort of the advice piece of it they didn't engage his services to help cheat on the sats or make their children uh sound better than they are although joe montana's response was my kids got into college through hard work and effort which i was like oh, uh, okay yeah, no. buddy i mean i'm sure they did i think one of his children was a pretty good football player but um to not acknowledge the inherent privilege in being the children of joe montana and yeah. phil mickelson is a little bit ridiculous phil mickelson was less aggressive in his statements about hard work and uh uh, yeah. I mean, it's it really is not super different than 
if you, yeah, I mean, like Joe Montana's kids who probably grew up, went to really good schools, played sports, could have yeah. gotten an actual athletic scholarship to probably a lot of all D3 schools, if not no. most of the D1 schools, you know, and, or the fact that like, um, all also of two of his kids went to Notre Dame, which yeah. is where he went. Yeah. So give me a fucking break. But exactly. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, Carry I mean, on. I'm actually, I'm just, so you and I both didn't go to schools where we were at all worried that our, our schools would be implicated. No, my father went to Boston College. He was asked to take a year leave of absence because he was such a hot mess in the 60s. <laughs> he eventually graduated. Um, but that was back when he could literally earn enough money to pay his tuition at Boston College by working for a summer, which is wild. Yeah. I guess it's just called the key. I thought the key, the key. had a, I think it might have a longer legal name, but it's being referred to as the key in like various... Um, websites and news articles that I just quickly Googled. That does sound like the name of a cult. Yeah, it's the new Nexium, right? Except yes. people aren't being trafficked in. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, they're just buying oh, off yeah. college was, spots. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, that's all we really have to say about that. I mean we obviously have like strong feelings about this, but Obviously, this is going to play out in the, is it the Southern District of Massachusetts, or what's your district We just called? have one district yeah. in Massachusetts, because no? okay. it's not a very big state. Fair enough. So. Um, yeah, over the next uh, days and weeks. Uh, obviously, uh, famously, you know, Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin and her husband have all turned themselves in and have been released on bond. I'm assuming the other parents have as well. Um, I guess I love the story that Lori Laughlin was like on an airplane on her way back from filming some Hallmark movie in Canada. Oh. And so she was apparently trying to negotiate not being arrested as soon as she airport. walked off the plane. And uh, yeah, as I understand it, the um, police were kind of like, yeah, that's not how this works. Like, <laughs> we're just going to grab you. They showed up at Felicity Huffman's house, like guns blazing to arrest her. <laughs> for $15,000, but anyway. Yeah. Um, and you know when they're threatening to shoot white people, things have taken it's to a whole new level, so. Um, do we know that she only had, like, one test taken? Like, her older daughter only had one test taken or multiple tests taken? The only evidence I've seen uh, talked about how her score went up 400 points after the test that was taken after by some, cooperating yes. witness two. Uh, after someone else took the test for her. So it was unclear. The way that the, the language and I guess the complaint was framed, um, it's it made it sound like she took it once, got like the 1020, and then took it mm -hmm. with the assistance of the cooperating witness, and that's when she got the 1420. Got it. Um, but I don't know. She may have taken other tests. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that's our big story. Our second story is about the Podfather. Yes. Um, Aaron Hernandez. So as we talked about um, a while back, there's this very antiquated provision of Massachusetts state law um, referred to the doctrine of abatement ad initio, which basically meant that if you had been convicted of, I think it was any crime, but maybe it was just murder, um, but actually, I think it was, it's any conviction. You've been convicted of a crime, you're in the process of appealing it, and then you die. You're the convicted defendant, you die. Your record gets expunged, so it's like you had never committed a crime in the first place. So basically, Aaron Hernandez died by suicide, and under this doctrine, under Massachusetts state law, his, um, his record was expunged. It was as if he had not murdered. 
Odin Lloyd. Um, he was not convicted of murdering the mm-hmm. other two folks, Daniel DeAbreu and Sofia Furtado. Uh, however, which was important because as a convicted murderer, there were limits on, um, I think, some of the benefits that his daughter could access, like his his NFL pension right. um, being the most, I think, important of those. Also, I maybe I'm making this up, you can correct me, but I think there was... There had been some dispute as to some of his guaranteed money, whether he should be paid that by the Patriots, despite the fact that they canceled his contract after he was arrested for the murder of Odin Lloyd, Mm -hmm. um, and whether his kid could access that money. Uh, And I think the belief was, with his record now cleared, she would have a better chance at getting access to those funds. So, long story short, um, the the uh, this doctrine was challenged in Massachusetts state courts um, and earlier this week his case specifically yes yeah. um, I'm not sure was it the fan was it old Lloyd's family that sued or just the I, I think state it was, it was the state, state. Um, <clears throat> excuse me Massachusetts, the Supreme Judicial Court for the state of Massachusetts, the SJC came down with a decision earlier this week in which they um, got rid of this doctrine of abatement ab initio um, and the sort of, it's a rather long um, opinion, but the, the, it was a unanimous decision. There were no concurring opinions um, and the sort of guts of the the order is this, as I will read to you now. Um, we conclude that the doctrine of abatement ad initio is outdated and no longer consonant with the circumstances of contemporary life, if, in fact, it ever was. Rather, when a defendant dies, irrespective of cause, while a direct appeal as of right challenging his conviction is pending, the proper course is to dismiss the appeal as moot and note in the trial court record that the conviction removed the defendant's presumption of innocence, but that the conviction was appealed and neither affirmed nor reversed because the defendant died. We conclude that this approach, which otherwise applies only prospectively, should apply in the present case. So it's not going to go back and unwind this doctrine as applied to prior defendants, Mm -hmm. um, just with respect to Eric Hernandez and then going forward. I guess the thing I'm struggling with is this idea that, like, there are rights you lose when you become a convicted felon, Mm -hmm. um, and that could impact your family. So just because you die, I guess I don't know that the appeal should be thrown out as moot. Yes, I sort of agree with you. (coughs) Excuse me. That I don't think that because you die, it should be reversed, right? right? As if the original verdict never stood. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, in this country, you're presumed innocent until proven guilty. And according to the jury, he was proved, you know, by without, beyond a reasonable doubt, he was proved guilty of killing Odin Lloyd. Right. Right. So that's the verdict that should stand um, but you're right. I think that the estate of Aaron Hernandez should be able to continue the appeal. The appeal yeah. yeah. Which, on the flip side, I guess, if the idea is, you know, the conviction, I guess if the, the idea behind um, engaging in an appeal is not just simply like clearing a person's name, but also being concerned about their freedom, and that's not a worry because he's dead, then maybe it's not worth clogging up the judicial system, mm-hmm. which is already pretty um, busy. Uh, but, yeah, I... I I think the, as you've said, the immediate kind of expunging of his record just because he took his own life um, doesn't seem like the best path forward, but at the same time, not giving his family an opportunity to continue that Mm -hmm. appeal, since particularly in this case, um, I guess money shouldn't be everything, but it is access to a lot of money that could help support his daughter. Which is, we know life is easier for rich people. Uh, um, so <laughs> see just, our last story. Yes. 
So just not, I'm not saying it's not a significant amount of money because I'm sure we're talking no. about at least tens of thousands of dollars, if not millions. Yeah. But he didn't play for the, in the NFL so long I guess that that's his pension true. was that huge. Is it, is the pension in any way based on their actual income or is it just based on their years of service? Um, I'm going to assume that it's got to be both. both because you have, um, you know, much older veterans of the NFL saying that their pensions are very little because I would imagine because they just made way less money back in the day. Sure. So, yeah, so that's the latest, you know, from beyond the grave, this man keeps giving to... To under further review. Um, also, if you want to dig in more on the story of Aaron, the podfather Hernandez, you should check out the Gladiator podcast, another podcast that is not um, in any way endorsing us or um, sending us money. But it's a uh, it's a podcast done by the Spotlight team at the. Um, the Boston Globe, which uh, came to, uh, I think, great renown in the movie Spotlight, where they uncovered the Catholic Church sex abuse scandal back in the 90s. Um, in any event, they did a really fascinating, uh, I think it was a six-episode podcast and also a related newspaper series about Aaron Hernandez and kind of digging into how he got to uh, where he ended up. Um, what I find particularly fascinating, and it's in no way an excuse for what he did, but they um, did just find information to um, establish the kind of substantiate the what had been a rumor that he was bisexual. Mm -hmm. um, and it just makes you think, like, if he had just been allowed to live his life as, like, his... That he wouldn't have killed Odin Lloyd? I guess maybe not. I don't know. Or allegedly might have killed been the, the head other... trauma. I okay. don't know. Anyway, I don't know Aaron that anyone told him that he couldn't live his life. His dad was apparently, allegedly, very homophobic. That's fair, but didn't his father pass away? Like he was like seventeen. Yeah, which I understand. It like those only six years before he murdered a bunch of people and ended up in jail. There's probably a lot of that damage you can't undo, but I'm just you know, it's not like. Well, and there are plenty of people who have spent a lot of their lives in the closet and don't murder three people, so or <laughs> murder one person, allegedly murder two others. Right. But I just thought that was an interesting wrinkle to the story. Um, Rufio's with us today, just in case um, you're you, hearing heavy yes, breathing. That's right. That's it's neither Burke nor I. It's it's our mascot Rufio. Yeah, so we nice. have both the Podfather and Rufio on today. Uh, what a welcome back to 2019. Yeah, there's us. a lot happening. Um, so I think the last story we've got is our um, reality TV okay. stoop. This should be pretty quick because it's a topic we've covered previously on the pod. Um, Joe Giudice, the uh, husband of Teresa Giudice of the Real Housewives of New Jersey franchise, uh, has been released from federal prison um, after serving 41 months in jail on, um, I think, largely bankruptcy fraud charges. Uh He's out of out of federal prison now, but he is in immigration detention because, uh, as it turns out, Joe is an Italian citizen who came to the United States as a kid and never got American citizenship. And as someone who was engaged and been convicted of the type of crime that he was convicted of, uh, it basically triggers deportation proceedings. Mm. Um, so allegedly his wife and attorneys are continuing to fight to keep him in the country uh, based on her performance at the Real Houses of New Jersey reunion. I'm not sure that's actually the case, uh, but 
that's the story she's telling. He is in an immigration detention center um, in western Pennsylvania pending some kind of resolution of his case. But the it looks like unless there's a, you know an 11th hour um, order to keep him here, he will likely have to go back to Italy where he has not lived since he was a child. So a uh, quick question, and you might not know the answer to this. So I understand that he never applied for citizenship as a small child or growing, getting into adulthood, but he did marry... An American citizen, right? And so yes. he did not apply for citizenship then either? No. Okay, so he's had like plenty of opportunities. He's just chosen not to exercise them. Yes, as someone pointed out on another podcast where they talk about reality TV, he could be a dreamer. And uh, <laughs> So normally I would defend the dreamers. I'm not sure Joe Judice or Judice, they've changed the pronunciation of their last name as the show has gone on. Um, I don't Actually, know that he's a great addition to our society, so I wouldn't... And also Italy doesn't seem that bad, but... Um, I guess we can't make decisions based on people we don't like, so... That's true. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so, that so was that's... So that story. Yeah, really quick reality TV stoop. Um, hopefully we will be back on a more regular basis. Although we are going on vacation next week, so it'll probably be a couple weeks <laughs> yeah, until we get back. Yeah, April. Uh-huh. We're not going on vacation with each other, which no. it would be totally fine. We just wanted to clarify that for in case anyone was curious. Separate vacations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we should be back on our regular schedule after that. And um, thanks for those of you who've hung in there with us. Um, We'll also try to be posting, I guess, more regularly on social media. So as always, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at UFR underscore BG. And I can't remember our website or our email off the top of my head right now. So we'll we'll, uh, We'll maybe put in the show notes. (laughs) Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.